This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 76 of the Wisdom by Wessa show on the Horse Radio Network. I'm Mike Donnell. And this is Sophia Yagena. Welcome to Wisdom by Wessa on the Horse Radio Network. For those of you who listen to our show, you know we normally have a great co-host, Casey Wilbanks-Coletti. Casey's voice is not with her today. She's having a hard time uh, speaking, so we're going to have to carry on without her. But what she would normally say, I'm going to say, welcome to Wisdom by Wessa, podcast on the Horse Radio Network. This podcast is brought to you by the Western and English Sales Association, Wessa. It provides the world's largest trade events for retailers, manufacturers, and sales representatives of the equestrian industry. In this podcast, we feature exclusive interviews with noteworthy Western and English personalities, retailers, and exhibitors who you've always wanted to talk to. Don't miss out on all the news for manufacturers and retailers in the equine industry. So, Sophia... We're moving into the 100-day countdown to celebrate Wes's 100th anniversary. Tell us what's going on and how are the preparations coming. Yes, we're coming closer and closer. So we are featuring a 100-day countdown on Instagram and Facebook by sharing a picture each day of previous shows and trade show highlights and other memories basically just to share more about the WESA history with our audience. Besides that, we are about to print the WESA directory, which some of our buyers have referenced on the show before. So, yeah, we're playing the fashion events, the awards, the parties, so many more fun things to continue making memories at the WESA Trade So everything is going to be much the same as prior shows, but exhibitors, anything they need to do to prepare for this special show? So the space assignment is done, and that means that every exhibitor is now assigned a space and listing for the upcoming show, and temporary exhibitors on the 11th floor can now log in and view their the floor plan and find the booth location or review the letter that we have mailed to them. And then all other exhibitors can also start advertising and letting retailers know that they will showcase their items at the 100th anniversary off the West Side Trade Shows in January. And of course, we're here to help. And we emailed all exhibitors with some tips and offered additional help in case anybody needs it. And I'll bet everybody's looking forward to all of that. Yes, we can't wait. When M.L. Letty opened his custom boot and saddle business in 1902, he may not have realized that many of the steps he followed back then to be certain his customers had the perfect boot and saddle fit would still be in place today at its Fort Worth and San Angelo stores. This business is about to celebrate its 100th anniversary. His great-grandson, Jim Franklin, and the company's vice president and general manager, Mark Dunlop, join us to reminisce a bit and also talk about the next hundred years. If you want to learn about horsemanship, learn from the best. Debbie Roberts Lauks, daughter of the famed horse whisperer Monty Roberts, has learned horsemanship at her father's side and now hosts the Horsemanship Radio Show, posted on the Horse Radio Network. That's on the 15th and the 30th of every month. 
Jim Franklin and Mark Dunlop, welcome to the Wisdom by Wessa podcast, and thanks for taking the time today. You're welcome. Thank you for having us. If you've had a chance to listen to some of our past shows, you know that we interview interesting people and interesting companies, and clearly Letty's fits the bill on both of those. Um, you share something with Wessa, and that's the fact you're both approaching uh, your 100th year in business. We won't talk about Wessa's. We'll talk about yours. Uh, back when ML Letty decided to get into the boot and saddle business, because there's some interesting history there. I uh, want to move into the present and then talk a bit uh, about the future. Uh, Jim, I'm sure you have a family perspective on it. Mark clearly has a business perspective. But let's kind of go back to the beginning and talk about it got started, Fort Worth, San Angelo, to where you are today, which is a, a jump of 100 years, but let's shorten it as we can. Well, the, the short version is ML Letty was a, a cotton farmer and um, started working with um, saddles and then eventually boots in 1922 and decided that was a whole lot better way of making a living than working the cotton fields. Um, and a few years later, moved the store to San Angelo, and that is still where we make our boots today. Um, and we are continuing to make our saddles here in uh, the four stockyards. And when did the uh, roughly, how long have you had the two stores? The uh, About 95 years um, in San Angelo, not the exact location, and the Fort Worth location since 41. Okay. And when did the business expand from only boots and, and uh, saddles into a broader line of Western products that your customers back then, his customers, wanted to purchase? Mark, you may be able to answer that better than I can. Yeah, I think that uh, what you'll find uh, when we moved to San Angelo, actually in 1936, they moved there because they wanted to uh, move into an area that had more population, originally opened in uh, Brady, Texas, moved to Menard, Texas, uh, a few years after uh, moving out of Brady, and went to San Angelo in 1936. And I think at that point is when uh, they decided they could venture into more products than just handmade boots. They added hats and clothing items, belts, buckles, and things much like we do today, only we're in a much larger position now than we were at that time. But that's when they began to expand into other products. As I read the history, ML and uh, then his predecessors, your predecessors, Jim, were stickers for perfection and stickers for doing things right. And I read a story of uh, uh, even back then when they would trace the footprint of the cowboys and other people who came in to buy boots and make margin notes and be very precise to make a pair of boots for these people. And as I understand, that dedication to perfection and handmade quality still exists today. Am I correct? Yes, sir, you are. And, and as far as the way we make the boots and take those initial measurements, we really haven't changed anything. So we're still tracing them off in the same ledgers um, and we have them going back to the, to the beginning. And we keep all of those measurements and records. So if a customer wants to come back <clears throat> years later, 
we'll still be able to replicate that. And those are all still in paper ledgers? Yes, sir. And nothing's been moved to the computer yet? The computer aspect is really more financial tracking, you know, keeping up with deposits and, and invoices and stuff like that. Now, uh, what, how, where does the uh, precision and the perfection um, uh, raise itself in the saddle side of the business? I think I could probably answer that maybe a little bit for Jim in the sense that um, Mr. Letty started the saddle business was really where he, he began. Um, he read the sign Help Wanted in a Saddle Shop in 1921 um, and went to work uh, for a saddle maker there learning how to repair saddles, eventually learning how to make saddles. And it was at that time that he began to uh, learn about making boots. So a rancher brought in a pair of boots and said, hey, I need to get some heels put on these. Well, Mr. Letty actually tore them down, learned how to put them back together, and thus that's the beginning of the boot business. And um, the saddle business hasn't changed a great deal. We still do everything by hand. We're not computer-driven. We're not machinery-driven in the sense that we um, cut out by design. We hand-cut everything that we do, hand-fit all the saddles, just as we have uh, for the almost 100 years. So not a great deal has changed in that. We do the saddles all in our Fort Worth location where we make all of our boots in our San Angelo location. Okay, and so when I come in for a pair of boots, I'm going to get that very precise measurement. But I do know you do carry boots on the shelf, if nothing else, for me to take a look at what I might like. Yes, sir, we, we do. But it also, we need a lot of inventory as the final step in our fit process because one of the secrets to our boot is the art support. And that comes from the last, and that's what the, the boot is made on. Um, so in addition to taking all your measurements, we have the ability to try on different lasts for different arch support to see what's the best to follow the natural contours of a foot. As you take my measurements, you may have, uh, if, if, if I like the style, the color, the leather, you may have a boot in stock that I would be able to purchase and walk out with right then? Yes, sir. We normally have about 1,400 pair in stock. Tell me a bit more about where you make them, who does it, what kind of craftsmen uh, are behind the quality of the boot, because uh, I think, um, uh, you know, that's a pretty interesting part of the story, uh, who these people are and why they are so good. Well, the boots are still made in San Angelo, Texas, um, and there's multiple different stations um, where they make the boots, but for the most part, you'll have one man or woman specializing in a particular aspect. Um, so, for example, there's one guy that all he does is what we call lasting, you know, pulling that leather tightly around the last, which makes up the foot of the boot. And the next station, that gentleman, all he does is toe boxes. Um, so we really have them specializing in a particular aspect. It's also something that ML Letty implemented, you know, many, many decades ago to avoid people from moving across the street and becoming a competitor. 
Well, it sounds like that's the way that it is done. And I'm going to assume that if I go in and you've got 1,400 pair there, but I want something a little bit different. I want maybe that color. I want maybe that leather. I want maybe that finish. You could still custom make a pair of boots for me based on those requests. Am I correct? Oh, a absolutely. The, the only limit's your imagination. Well, and I think that's, uh, that's a great way to sell a custom product. Now let's move up a little closer to the future. You've got uh, uh, two stores. You've got one uh, uh, in Fort Worth and, and, a, and a great district there. You've got one in San Angelo. Has there ever been thought to expanding, or is the company pretty happy with the volume it can get out of two stores? Well, there have been thoughts of expansions for, for many, many years, um, but uh, I don't envision that we would open up any additional locations. Um, the closest thing to that is is spending almost a solid month in Houston during the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. And so now we are in the present. Uh, how's business, if I might ask? Business is, is very good. There, there's a lot of growth in the in the Fort Worth stockyards, um, so there's a lot of um, traffic coming through, and, and we we envision that it it keeps growing. Now we've come through a pretty tough time for lots of retailers, not only in the Western world, but in every world. Uh, we got we came through a period of COVID when a lot of stores uh, could not open. We're now in a position where there are some stores open, but they have a hard time uh, finding uh, staff, and even that staff and the companies may have a hard time finding uh, either finished product for inventory or raw material. Tell us how that is at Letty's. Well, I'll touch on the um, boot production aspect, and then I'll let Mark elaborate on some of the other areas. Um, from a boot standpoint, we've always had challenges finding um, people that want to basically dedicate their careers to learning a craft. Um, so we haven't seen any change pre- or post-COVID as far as recruitment from a manufacturing standpoint. That's always been a challenge. Um, as far as the way it's impacted us, from a business standpoint, we had about a 12-month backlog. So, you know, new orders coming in, we were quoting about a year. So, in a sense, we had a somewhat of a silver lining that we've been able to bring that down. So, if you're a proven fit, now we're quoting about eight months and 10 months for, for a new measure. So, um, there, there's actually been some benefits for us. Hey, thanks for the COVID question, by the way. We always love that one. That's the way it, it, everybody has to think these days. But I, I will tell you, we were very um, fortunate, as Jim just described. We had a great backlog of, of boot production, but we going through a few weeks and months of uh, slowness, even closed for a period of time. We weren't able to really fill the pipeline unless we could be here to do our, our job. Um, so we were able to replenish that boot inventory level that we needed in our production line, and that's where Jim stepped in and really did some great things there to get our production back in, in place. We didn't lose any employees through that. We did not uh, release anybody. We, we kept everybody employed the whole time. Uh, thus, we did not run into the problem of trying to rehire or replenish our, our employees. So we've been very fortunate that business is great. We're in the most wonderful location in the world to be in the Western world business. This is the location of all things Western is the forward stockyards, and it could not be a better a better time for us. 
A lot of events go on here. Uh, we were fortunate enough uh, in 2020 to have the National Finals Rodeo in Arlington. Um, Fort Worth Stockyards was party central, if you would, and so we brought a had a lot of people come into our area that maybe would never have been in our store um, and had an enjoyable time, and it was really great for business. And honestly, it has not slowed down since. We've had the American. We've had several PBR events uh, all right here in the Fort Worth and Dallas area. Uh, very fortunate to have what we have in Arlington with uh, some of the uh, facilities there. And with Fort Worth having the greatest equestrian facilities at the Dickies Arena and Will Rogers Complex, we could not be better positioned for um, the type of business that's going on. So we're very fortunate. We have our customers are in our area. This weekend, we have the Red Steagall Cowboy Gathering. This was a really special event. Uh, this is their 30th anniversary. So we're very, very fortunate to have uh, things right in our area. You know, it's location, location, location. Well, we're in the right location. Well, it sounds like you probably are. <clears throat> Another question I think uh, is, uh, I, I like to ask people uh, in your part of the business. I mean, you have seen, not you personally, uh, but you've recognized in your records show, there are different styles and trends of clothing, of footwear, saddles, hats, whatever. And what do you guys see as, as trends that may influence the products or the styles not the not the change in quality, uh, but the appearance or the styles or the look or the feel that you're going to see or you believe may come in the future, or is it going to be what you have now forever? Um, a few years ago, we recognized that we had a need for um, a boot that was a little more entry level in a sense, and so we created a boot that is called Letty Vaquero. It's a boot that we do not build in our shop, but it's made on our last with our leather, our design, but we do not make it here in the shop. Uh, so that has really brought together for us a, a entry-level product that introduces people to Letty's fit, Letty's service, Letty's quality um, that we would not have been able to have done prior to that. The demand for boots is great. Demand for hats and other products is great, and we've I believe we've positioned ourselves well to um, be able to take advantage as much as we can of that. Um, we're pretty old school when it comes to our ML Letty boots. We haven't changed a lot of things about that. Yes, you get uh, demands for different toes, different heels, different heights, different designs. And that's why when you come in here, you're really truly, as Jim said, you're only limited by your imagination. Um, so it allows for us to do a lot of things that maybe we would not have done Many years ago, but people have demands and things that they want us to do, and we try to accomplish that as best we can. Now, I do know, and I'm on it right now, one of the things that uh, uh, ML did not have at his disposal, but you do, is the Internet. And I'm looking at the, uh, uh, at the website as we speak. Um, has the opportunity to communicate online and digitally um, changed or enhanced the business practices that you follow? And, you know, this is something that we talk about frequently, but we'll admit we, we still have a pretty traditional approach. You know, yes, we have a website. Um, I hear we have a Facebook page, um, but that's not really the main way that we communicate with our customers. And it doesn't mean we want, don't want to get better. It doesn't mean that we will never do a, an online transaction in down the road, 
um, but the core of the business with um, custom boots, saddles, um, custom apparel, you know, it's it's not going to be an online transaction, you know, because um, the customer needs to come in and get measured and pick out the, the leathers or the, the fabrics for a sport coat and really decide exactly what they want. And, and we don't see that, um, you know, that's going to be replaced with e-commerce. So let's say I'm, I'm a customer. I'm here in Colorado. Uh, I've purchased boots from you before. You have uh, in your ledger, you have all my information. Can I just uh, look here, see something I like, call up and have you make it in my size? Absolutely, yes. And if you want to see some different leathers, but you want to touch them like most of our customers do, we could mail you some samples and then you could pick it out and we'll write up your order. Wow. Well, that's clearly a, um, uh, a, a good take on a customer service, and I know you've added a lot more uh, than uh, just boots and saddles. You carry a broader line of, of, of product, and I'm wondering if you are looking at even adding anything else. Oh, Jim, I'll take that. Um, <clears throat> you know, we, we do... Uh, Spend a great deal of time at markets. Wisa has certainly been a wonderful, wonderful uh, addition to us. We've gone to Wisa for many, many years, probably 40 years. I don't know, maybe longer. Uh, myself, probably 30 years that I've attended the Wisa shows in Denver. And so when it came to um, moving it to Dallas, it was certainly wonderful for us. But because, not because of it being so close, but because we knew the offerings in Dallas were going to be greater. Um, there, as I've heard in some of the other interviews that you've done, I think a lot of people are really pleased with the idea of coming to Dallas and getting the opportunity to see other products besides just what they see in our Western wear industry. That is one of the things that we've done for many, many years. We go to New York to market. We've been to Chicago to market, to Las Vegas to market. So we, we search for products that not everyone else has. We create and design merchandise for our store. We find manufacturers who will do the little tweaks and the changes to the product that we want. It makes them exclusive to us. And that's been a really, really important part of what Letty's uh, tries to do. We, we want to bring the highest quality product we can, most creativity that we can, and bring in products that you can't just buy anywhere. That's what creates loyal customers. We private label a lot of products so that the, it has that feel of something that's unique and different designed strictly for you we uh, just look for opportunities all the time to to bring in new products that will enhance what we already do you know we there's a saying here and and we won't attribute it to any of us it was probably uh benjamin franklin or someone who said the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten we really stand by that we look for the highest quality product we can, uh, not necessarily the cheapest, but to build a product and to offer a product that our customers will look back on and uh, know when that's been long-lasting for them that it wasn't about the price, it was about the quality of the product. So that's one of the areas that we've, we've stood on for many, many years, and I think you'll see that represented in our stores. And I would have to think for a company that is approaching its 100th anniversary, that your customers today 
are probably second or third or fourth generation customers? Do you continue to get new generations of earlier customers uh, buying from you? Absolutely. You know, it, it happens almost daily. Um, well, we have uh, a grandfather bringing his grandson in or a father bringing his children in to, to introduce them to what they've always enjoyed. And we've seen that for years and years. We're very much a generational company, not only um, in the fact that we're now in our third and fourth generations, the fifth generation's on the ground. So we know that we're going to be around for a long time. But the customers that come in here follow that same thing. We, we truly, truly uh, see that almost daily. When you're here in our boot department, the, we see those ledger books. Well, we can take you all the way back to 1941 when we first opened the store in Fort Worth, Texas, and show you boot measurements from that date all the way to current. Nobody else can do that. That's something only this company has really um, been able to to do. And we same thing in our store in San Angelo. We have books all the way back to 1922 that shows foot drawings of people who who have been in our shop, and then they will generationally bring their families in after that. It is a special thing. Well, it sure seems to be. And Jim, one last question for you. Um, because this is always fun when you talk to you know, generations who are leading a business now. Are there any really interesting stories that you have heard or that have been passed along back from ML's day uh, that you think our listeners would find intriguing? I think one of the most impressive aspects is, and this isn't just my great-grandfather, I think it was um, the, the people of that time and how they truly were self-made and how he went from working in a field to um, working with saddles and then the guy next door um, needed help with boot repairs. He starts doing that. He, he literally taught himself how to build boots and then calls in his brothers and they, they created something that has lasted a century. You know, there was no, um, you know, training program for that. That that's just that grit of that era. And you know, I, I, I wish the next generations could be anything like what what those guys were. How many brothers were there? Uh, eight. Uh, and all eight worked in the business. Oh, uh, help help me, Mark. I think at one time, yes. Yes, that, that is correct. In the early years, they all worked uh, in the uh, Brady and Menard areas. Uh, when they moved to San Angelo, that was one of the reasons why. They needed to be able to expand the business enough to, to bring all of the family members in. There were sisters in there, too. So it wasn't just brothers, but the sis there were also sisters. The ele uh, evolution of the Fort Worth store came as three of the brothers moved to Fort Worth and opened a store here. Um, and I think this is one of the interesting stories for me was to know that they all had an agreement that if one of them wanted to go forward and open a business, they were welcome to do that. And he was, uh, ML was very supportive of that. But in the event that they ever decided to close their business or to sell it, he had first opportunity. And so that's really how the Fort Worth store uh, came to be is that uh, Frank Letty, his brother and two other brothers moved up here, opened the store. And at the time they were ready to sell it, uh, the ML Lady family brought it, bought it back. That was the part of the agreement. And so they were fortunate enough to do that. 
And I, I think that's kind of an interesting point of the, of the whole story. One other thing I want to, to remind us of is Wilson's father, Jim's grandfather, was Jim Franklin. Uh, that is Jim that you're talking to on the phone there. Uh, that's his grandfather. And so we went from M.L. Eddy to Jim and his two brother-in-laws to Wilson Franklin to one day will be Jim and uh, Jim Franklin and Jocelyn Vignitz, which is his sister. It's a generational company that will really stay in the family. And I think that's what's really important about what we've been able to accomplish here over the years. It's, it's just been really a wonderful experience. Well, it sounds like it. And I think the, the history with eight brothers uh, being able to get along and run a business back then, of course, there was not, you know, you had to run the business successfully and use the talent that you trusted. But it, it clearly kind of does explain uh, how the consistency for Letty's comes to be. And it's been my pleasure to talk to the two of you and to bring the Letty story to the listeners of the Wisdom by Wessa podcast. And I thank you for uh, taking the time. My pleasure. We appreciate you, Mike. If you have feedback on the show, we'd love to hear it. There is a contact link on the Wisdom by Wessa website. And, of course, the Wisdom by Wessa show will be published on the 15th and 30th of every month. You can listen on your most favorite podcast players. You can also listen on the Horse Radio Network app on iOS or Android phones. Just search Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and it's easy to use. Be sure to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network at www.horseradionetwork.com. Wessa where the industry meets.